0: has been poured. The autumn fig candle has been lit. Welcome to the horror salon. I am your co-host, Ann Demick. And I'm your co-host, The Witch.
1: Welcome.
0: Yeah, welcome. Um, You're just gonna, I'm just gonna buckle up for this one because okay. we're gonna talk about the witch's favorite thing. <gasps>
1: Halloween. Halloween, the original movie. The original movie. I I know I say at the start of every episode that this is going to be a good one (laughs) and I'm really excited for it, but this is going to be a good one.
0: This is, this is your, yeah.
1: I'm so, I I am so excited for this.
0: Halloween is your Romero.
1: It's my Romero. Yeah. That's
0: right. For sure.
1: That's right. And I will say, I have something to say about John Carpenter and Romero. I think they were remarkably similar. Excellent. In many respects, but that, that'll come. That'll come.
0: That'll come. Uh, First of all, um, Please tell us about this Pazoos that you have created.
1: I have created. You have outdone yourself, I believe. I have created the drink for the evening, the Pazoos. So I had to be on theme for Halloween. And so I thought, what well, was more Halloween-y than pumpkins, right? Mm-hmm. There's jack-o'-lantern at the start of mm-hmm. every Halloween movie. So I decided to make pumpkin mules. <laughs> oh my I'm God. super excited about it. So I am going to post the recipe for this particular drink up on our website. So if you want to drink the exact same thing that we are having tonight, you will have the full recipe. But essentially, if you've ever had like a Moscow mule or something to that effect, it's the same concept. Mm -hmm. It's ginger beer, lime juice, but I added a little bit of pureed pumpkin. Yeah, it smells phenomenal. Yeah, I'm super excited. So let's dive in to Halloween. Buckle up. Buckling up. Now, I want to, you know, talk a little bit about why it's my favorite scary movie and, you know, what about it appeals to me and all of that fun stuff. But before we get into any of that, and I want to have, you know, a good conversation with you about that. Yeah. *Endemic*, because I know that you've watched quite a few slashers. Mm-hmm. So kind of how it holds up in that, in that realm. Um, but I thought it'd be fun to just kind of dive into a little bit of history. Okay. Behind Halloween, um, the original Halloween. And I should also say that... When I talk Halloween and my fandom, I'm thinking of the original Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode arc. Of course. So that would be Halloween, Halloween 2, and then Halloween H2O. So that's what we're really going to be focusing on tonight. Mm -hmm. Um, Diving into those three movies, there is merit to all of the movies. Some of them, it's harder to find.
0: Some of them, they're hard to
1: love. Hard to love. But I encourage you to watch them all. But those are going to be the three we focus on, and mm-hmm. we're going to probably do more episodes. And Emick and I had a nice conversation mm-hmm. about episodes of comparing this Halloween to the remake of Halloween, yeah. which I think would be a really fun. It would um, be fun conversation. We'll probably get up in arms about that because we, we have strong feelings, super about strong, about some feelings. of these remakes. So John Carpenter has something to say about that, though. So I'm so excited to dive in. Excellent. Let's do that. So the original idea for Halloween, it was actually um, thought up by a producer whose name was Erwin Yablins. And I'm probably not saying his last name correct. Um, but he was just, you know, he wanted to come up with a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had this idea, I want a movie about a serial killer who stalks babysitters. Yeah. That was the whole, I, I that was, The (laughs) impetus of this entire franchise. Um, It was a real quick kind of put together idea. And he, it's interesting when he talks about that idea, he talks about how he wanted a movie that was relatable, that Mm -hmm. anyone could watch and they could see themselves in it. Right. Um, Whether, you know, a lot of people have been babysitters. A lot of people have had babysitters. You You can kind of put yourself in that mindset no matter what. Yeah. Right. So it's a very relatable movie in that, in that regard. And that's kind of why he wanted to create this movie. So he had actually had a relationship with John Carpenter. They'd created a movie before. And so he knew that's the guy that he wanted on this film. So he called him up, told him his idea. John Carpenter agreed to it, um, and brought on his then girlfriend, Deborah Hill to write the script, um, for the movie. Um, What's super interesting is that no one at the time, they were just in awe of the fact that no other movie had been titled Halloween up until that point. (laughs) That is odd. (laughs) Isn't that strange? So they said, well, yeah, let's call it Halloween then. Um, And because they decided to call it Halloween, there was kind of this stringent timeline all of a sudden because they said, well, if we're going to call it Halloween, we got to release it on Halloween. So, they decide that they're going to try and release it on Halloween, even though the idea came to them not too long before Halloween. So, I find these numbers fascinating. Uh They wrote the movie, the whole script, in two weeks. They filmed the movie in 22 days. And they composed the score in three days. Yeah. That is absurdly fast and they
0: and they did it all that way right because they had such a small budget they had a small budget
1: yeah they had a strict timeline
0: and it was John Carpenter on, on a keyboard. keyboard, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: And I think I read somewhere that he came up with that kind of rhythm mm-hmm. um, because he and his dad had been teaching him a certain kind of drum pattern. His dad was really into music. Okay. In fact, I think he had a degree in music. Um, and so music was always kind of John Carpenter's life and yeah. he had learned the drums and then he's like, well, okay, I'll just put that on the <laughs> keyboard and let's go. And now it's like the most iconic horror movie it, theme. It is. Of all time. It
0: absolutely is.
1: It's It's so fascinating how this movie is such a legend in the horror world and it was a quick turn it was a Mm -hmm. quick turnaround I am amazed by that so you bring up the the uh, idea of budget it was the three hundred thousand dollar budget so not a lot of money to create this film and so because of that they had to take some um liberties Mm -hmm. uh they did not cast you'll notice at the time None of the actors were really big. Right. Um, the biggest billing was actually Donald Pleasance, who was Dr. Loomis. Mm-hmm. He had a fandom. Um, I think it was primarily in Britain. Um, but he had a fandom. So he was the the star. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis, who we know as the star of Halloween, was new at the time. She hadn't really been in much, not a feature film yeah. at all. Um, her kind of mystique was that she was the daughter of, of Janet Lee of right. Psycho. Yes. So there was a little bit of buzz around her because mm-hmm. they were curious as to what she would be like. Yeah. Um but she was new actress. So they who who knew? It, it wasn't a star billing. And then all of the rest of the um, actors, they were all new mm-hmm. actors. And so it PJ Souls PJ Souls I think it was PJ Souls role in Carrie that got her, got this, her role. this role. Got her role. But the, so, because of that, obviously, that saved them a little bit of money. Sure. Um, they also, this is a really fun fact, all of the actors were asked to bring their own wardrobe. <laughs> So there was no costume budget whatsoever. <laughs> I think the biggest costume budget might have been Jamie Lee Curtis. And she went to like a local department store and just like bought a couple tops. Yeah. Like that was the budget Man. for costumes. Uh, the Even the Michael Myers costumes. We all know the famous. It's a Captain Kirk mask just stretched out and painted a little bit. But it was yeah. like two bucks. Creates one of the most iconic serial killer masks of all time. Two bucks.
0: Unreal. Yeah. What real talent can do with that little.
1: Yeah yes amazing it's amazing um the other fun one that they did is they uh so they shot the film in south pasadena and but the film as we all know is set in haddonfield illinois right so they had to create this middle america atmosphere but they're on the coast i love this so they get a bunch of leaves (laughs) and they paint them Uh and then they scatter them about and then they have to collect them if they move locations and they did and they just did that's what they did So they cut a lot of corners to make this movie, but I think it works so well. It's almost like when you don't have as much money to make a film, you have to take these creative liberties Mm -hmm. that probably suck as a director to have to take, Mm -hmm. but it makes the film almost better in a a way. I just feel like it was such a good, it was such a good, um, good thing I think for this movie. So, they make the movie mm-hmm. the intention behind it is i think they said oh this will be a really cool popular drive-in movie like popular at the time where yeah. kids will go to the drive-in and watch this uh they expected to make a small profit it was kind of like your run-of-the-mill formulaic mm-hmm. slasher uh so they just released it in one city it had a limited release in kansas city it didn't get like the greatest of reviews yeah. at first but then like a lot of people who were watching it really liked it. And then a couple of the reviews came back and it was really good. Mm-hmm. And this buzz starts to form around it. And so it gets more and more popular. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden it's a hugely popular film. And it grossed $47 million. Oh my God. Now they made it for 300000
0: <laughs> And now this is just when it was released?
1: In its initial run, $47 oh million. Yeah. So I find that amazing um it is one of the most profitable independent films of its time That's, because of those margins that is fantastic so that kind of segues nicely into why was it such a success yeah um and i know i have my reasons but i want to hear your reasons too. endemic um i th- so l- here's one of the reasons i think it was such a huge success it's a super relatable movie and i think that was intentional
0: yeah and you can see yourself in that neighborhood you can
1: see yourself in that neighborhood that's exactly that is right the neighborhood i grew up in exactly right and i think they made that as a strategic move because another fun fact about this movie is that the characters in it are named after people that these people knew yeah There is a Michael Myers and there is a Lori Strode and there is a Lee Brackett, Sheriff Brackett. Mm -hmm. There is, these people exist. Yes. And they were just friends or acquaintances or whomever that these people knew. And even though you as the viewer might not know that when you're watching it, there's something to a name, Mm -hmm. right? Like you can tell when a name is fake, I think. And they use real people's names. names. There's something to that. Um, Another thing that I read that I find fascinating because I'd never thought of it until I read it was that there, Jamie Lee Curtis is like the main girl, the final girl. Yeah. But it's like the movie isn't really about her. Like, um, it's almost like no one character steals the show. Mm-hmm. It's just a bunch of kids babysitting yeah. being teenagers and that's it. That's the story. And you can, there's nothing remarkable about it. About them? About them, yeah. about the setting, about what they're doing. There's nothing remarkable about it's it. It's like
0: we've peered into a day in the life. Yes. Rather than some...
1: Yes. Wow. Isn't yeah. that amazing? Yeah, well,
0: that makes it timeless. Timeless. Because that stuff doesn't change.
1: No. You always... So, Roger <clears throat> Ebert. Roger Ebert was a critic. His original um, critic criticism of this film was... He loved it. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say he loved it. He thought it was a great horror film. Yeah. Um, And his quote about that exact thing that we were talking about, uh, about the characters in particular, he says, they're all ordinary, everyday people. Nobody's supposed to be the star and have a big scene and win an Academy Award. Mm -hmm. The performances are all the more absorbing because of that. The movie is a slice of life that is carefully painted in drab daylights and impenetrable nighttimes before its human monster enters the scene. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I'm like, that's exactly, that's exactly right. what that movie is.
0: Um, I love all the slashers, but Michael Myers to me might be the scariest. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm partial to Jason and right. thinking about being, you can sort of put yourself in that position too, being in the woods, but you have to travel to get to the woods. Mm-hmm. Michael Myers is in your goddamn backyard. He's in your, he's in your house. He's in your bedroom. That's exactly right. And (laughs) he is, he somehow seems more relentless to me. And maybe that is because Mm. he's actually infiltrating my comfort zone. Yeah. And, um, he walks through backyards. He walks into homes. He, yeah, he's in your bedroom. Yeah. You know, you're, you're in a closet and he's beating down the door, uh, through hospital corridors, just unmatched. Yeah. Um, but hear a little shout-out I have to give. Do. Yeah. Um, when he walks into the house to get the knife, um, oh, the yeah. older couple are watching George A. Romero's Night of the Living they Dead. They were. I just want to... There wasn't a little I homage. just want to throw that mm-hmm. out there.
1: They absolutely were.
0: <clears throat> but um, I don't know. He's, he's just so scary, and he is still so scary.
1: He is still so scary. And I... So we can kind of talk about michael him, himself a little bit um i i am of the belief that michael is a representation of the boogeyman they say mm-hmm. that a lot in the original movie yeah um and i think that that is he is not human to me he mm-hmm. is that idea of a relentless mm-hmm. chaotic mm-hmm. um kind of evil that You don't know when it's going to appear. You don't know why it's appearing. You don't know why it's after you. Um, But now that it is, it's not going to stop. It's completely arbitrary. Yeah. And you don't see it coming. Right. And I find that to be... Horrifying. That's terrifying. That's a horrifying thing.
0: And it's not happening to you in the woods that you travel to get to. No. It's happening in your bedroom. In your
1: bedroom. <laughs> and then you can go to the woods, and then it'll happen there, too. And then too. it'll
0: happen there, too. But like, yeah. yeah.
1: So it, it, I, I, I find Michael Myers to be just a fascinating villain. There are some people, I've heard this critique before, of saying, well, what's the point of having a villain who's invincible? And I said, and to me, that's kind of the whole point, is that, mm-hmm. you know... You think that you—it's it, kind of the human psyche element of—you never know, right? You never know if he's right. gone or not. That's that's yeah. the biggest. That's what what could be more scary than that? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I'm on board. Yeah.
0: Well, and he walks in part two. It picks up after after the original Halloween part two picks up the, that night. Yeah. And you know, you think you when. You have this image of a hospital as being this safe place, this place of healing, and he just walks in there and kills everybody. Everybody. You're not even safe in the hospital.
1: Where you go to heal. Right. You were not. So she wasn't even safe there. No. No. Which was
0: scary. You know? Oh my God, he just...
1: Relentless.
0: The scene when she gets out the, the door and goes to the car, and she's kind of... She gets down on the ground and she's clawing at the... Oh yes, made, and she's
1: like, "Help!" Uh, it, horrible. I have a lot of uh, Halloween too. There's a lot of creepy mm-hmm. kills. Well, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll share them in a in a moment. But I do want. I, I have a couple other reasons why I think that Halloween is so successful. Um, and this one ties back to your love for Romero. Mm-hmm. Is I think Halloween is a movie that really tells a tale of the time it was created. Yeah. Um, So this film came out in 1978. So Mm -hmm. we're in the 70s, transitioning closely into the 80s. And that time was a time of major societal upheaval. It kind of started in the 60s when you have, you know, all of these kinds of movements for equality in Mm -hmm. all aspects of life Mm -hmm. Um, and those movements didn't stop in the 60s they continued on into the 70s but what I thought was really interesting is that if you kind of take a look at the politics of the 70s so you have that movement still moving forward Mm -hmm. um, and folks still fighting for equality but then you also have this strengthening resistance to that Mm -hmm. particularly surrounding the family unit. And in in kind of hearkening back to the 50s okay. of that nuclear family unit. So you have this really polarized um, yeah. kind of okay. atmosphere. So when you think about the movie itself, there's a very, vo- we were talking about a very voyeuristic mm-hmm. um, element to it. We're kind of peering. I mean, if you watch particularly the first two movies, how they open, mm-hmm. you are watching from Michael Myers eyes Mm -hmm. and looking into the windows of American families, American families. You are, you are looking in there. Um, you're being a voyeur. Um, in the first one, it's the American teenager Mm -hmm. that we're really looking into. Um, and there's a lot to be said about that. You know, there, particularly there are three women that are in this cast and women's rights was a big movement at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what is it saying about three women who are very outspoken, mm-hmm. um, who are sexually active, yeah. who are drinking, doing drugs, having fun, um, and there's all of a sudden this stalker mm-hmm. stalking them. To punish them for those things. To punish them for those things. So what is that saying? But are we ever rooting for the stalker? We're never we're rooting for the teenager, right? So like, there's these weird political dynamics that are being talked <laughs> well, yeah. about in yeah, that film, right. um, that I just think it, it is such such a cool element of its time. And w- one of the interviews that Carpenter did, he he mentioned that. And I, this is what I find so cool about John Carpenter is that he is an advocate for horror and horror through the generations he says that horror reinvents itself every generation to tell to tell the tales of the current day yeah and so he has never been upset when people remake his movies because he thinks tell your tell your story it's being
0: re reimagined reimagined for for now for the time
1: and so I find that so um incredibly amazing
0: that's very gracious but then there are those of us fans that are like
1: not in a remake I know I know and I I fall into that camp sometimes I do but I read that interview and I was like I need to be more like John Carpenter and yeah what would John Carpenter do right now he would he would give them grace and say no they need to tell their story um but yeah, so I think that's, a, and and then the last one I'll mention is just kind of this element of fear. I think that is what makes it such an iconic movie, is that it plays on the fear of the unknown, kind of like we're talking about with Michael Myers. He's chaos, he's unpredictable. Um, in another interview Carpenter did, uh, he says, what you don't know about, what you can't see, that out there, that's what's scary. If you think, and if you think about the original movie, you know, it the kills they there are some shock value to them but it's the waiting that's the scary part it's the is he going to come up the stairs Mm -hmm. um and then i'll I'll leave it with this roger ebert has another great quote he says halloween is a visceral experience we aren't seeing the movie we're having it happen to us (laughs) That's exactly right that's exactly it
0: i love you feel horror movies and I know a lot of people don't like that feeling of being scared, of, of being under siege like that in right. a, from a movie. I love it.
1: And this one still does that to this me sometimes. This one still does that. Mm-hmm. I, I totally, totally agree. It's a totally immersive movie. It is. It, it's totally immersive. Um, so all that say, now it's an incredibly iconic franchise that has 13, I think with Halloween <laughs> kills, it's oh going to be Lord. 13 movies.
0: Holy crap! Really?
1: Yeah, thirteen movies with that one, Um, and it's funny because Carpenter didn't originally want sequels. He thought he had told the whole story. Well, didn't? But I'm sorry, no. Um,
0: Wasn't it originally um, the reason three is different, and it's about the masks, the
1: Halloween masks?
0: Mm -hmm. Wasn't it originally supposed to be different movies? Under the Halloween franchise name.
1: Yes. They thought that it was going to be an anthology.
0: An anthology. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Michael Myers was so popular they, maybe or. Yeah. and yeah.
1: The pe- people hated the third one because he wasn't in it and they realized, okay, we have to bring Michael back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. The third one came about because they thought it was going to be an anthology mm-hmm. uh, and clearly that didn't work. No. Um. So yes, it, it it it's just funny how it has grown into into what it is today. <laughs> um. So the thing that I, I mentioned, John Carpenter has a really interesting take on remakes and and you know generations mm-hmm. having to tell their story. The other right. thing, interesting thing he said about remakes is that they're so popular because a lot of people ask this, like, why is everyone remaking movies now? Yep. Why aren't there any original thoughts? Um. And he says that. They're so popular because there's a built-in audience. Yeah. You like Michael Myers, so you're going to go, w- whether you want to or not, you're probably going to go see <laughs> the movie. You're going to see it, yeah. Because you're going to see, does it hold up to the original? So they these movie pro- production houses, they know that. Yeah. Um, and they're going to capitalize on that every time. So yeah. I thought that was an interesting take. Um, the one thing I will say about the Rob Zombie movies, even though we're not here to talk about them, <sighs> we are not. Um, Carpenter is not a fan
0: well carpenter is right
1: um he i forget what the phrasing he used in the interview i watched he was asked about them specifically um and i think he called rob zombie a shithead <laughs> okay. and i'm not here to comment on rob zombie that is not what the topic of this podcast is about but um from the perspective of john carpenter Rob Zombie contacted him Mm -hmm. to see what uh, he thought about him remaking the movies. And John Carpenter said, as he has said before, it's your story. I'm done with it. Take it. Do what you will. Um, And then I guess in a subsequent interview, Rob Zombie said that John Carpenter was really cold when he asked him if he could remake the movie, Mm -hmm. which John Carpenter thought was a lie because he told him to go ahead and make it. Um, So he doesn't like him very. (laughs) <laughs> he holds grudges apparently which is man after my own heart <laughs> let me tell you um and he said that he he just thinks that he humanized michael in a way that yep. took the whole mystique
0: took the whole mis- that is exactly yeah what i think
1: yeah totally yeah
0: and that torture porn bullshit
1: yeah there, there's a lot to think about and talk <laughs> about. i don't even want to talk about that but we'll Let's have go to happier places we'll have i
0: just want to wanna say A shout out to Jamie Lee Curtis for embracing her scream scream queen title. Um, And you know, tangent here, I wanted a lot more from the TV show Scream Queens than I got.
1: You know, I don't know that I ever watched that.
0: I wanted so much more from it. She was in it. She was. Yeah. um, Cool. But as far as I know, she she embraces the whole. Yeah. The whole. Fandom, which absolutely um which is amazing we so.
1: uh, we follow her on our instagram channel uh check us out uh Ooh. they she's awesome on instagram awesome. she is yeah. and she embraces the whole halloween thing on there and i love that yeah it's great so should we dive into the movies that we came to talk about yes um so let's st- i mean I, we should just go in order so let's start with the <laughs> original halloween okay. 1978 yeah um, Michael Myers as a as a little boy uh, kills his sister with a butcher knife, mm-hmm. um, gets sent away to a um institution, yep. stays there for fifteen years, breaks out on Halloween, yep. well the day before Halloween, yep. uh finds his other sister mm-hmm. and stalks her and her friends, killing them one by one. Yeah. Um That's the premise. (laughs) Yes, it is. There it is. There it is. Um, There's so much to say about this movie, but let's start at the beginning. The intro to all of the Halloweens are so iconic Mm -hmm. and simple. Like Mm -hmm. something so simple can be so Mm -hmm. terrifying. Just a black screen with that jack-o'-lantern and that orange typeface. Yeah. And that music going in the background. Yeah. Like iconic. It is. It reminds me of Halloween. Yeah,
0: it's it's basically synonymous with the hol- actual Halloween. Yeah,
1: the holiday is the movie, mm-hmm. and the movie is the holiday. Yeah. You can't tell the two apart. No, I love it. And I just... So you, so you you kind of have that unsettling experience as you start the movie, and then you're there in his perspective, like I said. Mm-hmm. So you're peering into the window, you're watching his sister and her boyfriend, mm-hmm. um, then you move through the house from his <laughs> perspective. Yeah. You even kill from his perspective mm-hmm. um it's just an unsettling experience because you're mm-hmm. kind of uncomfortable you know we think we talk a lot about found footage movies mm-hmm. from the perspective of the camera well yeah this this was really i i don't know that this was the first one to do for like that pers- the first person mm-hmm. kind of perspective but it's one of the earliest ones that I can think of off the top of my head that has that first person perspective. Yeah, i agree. And they're and it's jarring to kind of experience all of that through and you hear breathing. And so the breathing.
0: So you feel like you're in the
1: mask. Exactly. Exactly. So I I, I think that is what sets the whole tone for mm-hmm. the movie for me is that okay, this is gonna be a weird, jarring, mm-hmm. creepy experience. Yeah. Um so that's kind of at, at the onset. I did have a note down here. Mm-hmm. He walks out of the house and he has a bloody butcher knife. And his parents just say, Michael, <laughs> and stare at him. Michael. Like, uh, are you not concerned that he has the bloody knife? Well, no, clearly not. Clearly they weren't concerned. Is he Halloween costume. Oh, my gosh. And <laughs> so I was like, OK, this we're in. We're clearly in the 70s. <laughs> because what is going on here (laughs) in the realm of parenting um so then so we we go through all of that um then we're we're immediately driving to Illinois State Hospital right Mm -hmm. and we're in the car with Dr. Loomis and um I don't remember the nurse's name she's fantastic though yeah um but, but we're kind of driving up, it's dark, it's stormy, and then you get the disorienting experience of the patients are out in the lawn. Mm-hmm. Here's my biggest question with that scene, is why in the hell did she roll down the window when she knew one of them had climbed onto the top of her car? Because that's what you do in horror movies. That's what you do. It's like, let me make myself more yeah. vulnerable. Yeah. I wasn't vulnerable enough. Yeah. Let me just stick my <laughs> head outside it, of the car.
0: Let me set up the tension for the
1: scene. Yeah. It's very, I, I, I was just like, oh my God um but y- you kind of get that really intense um kind of scare with him smashing mm-hmm. into the windows mm-hmm. and kind of driving off and um and then you hear the first kind of mention of evil there with Dr. Loomis mm-hmm. saying the evil is gone right mm-hmm. yeah. and then you know okay this isn't just a run of the mill patient here got restless right. and escaped this is something much um much different so i find that to be um Really good. Uh, really good setup there. Um, and then you're kind of in it. Then you're yeah, in Hadfield. And you're off and running. And you're off and running. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Mr. Sandman.
1: Mr. Sandman. You get a lot of these really cool shots um, of him as he's kind of walking around the town during the day. Yeah. Um, and they're like over his shoulder. And you can hear him breathing. And they're still from his perspective, not necessarily through his eyes, though. Mm -hmm. Which I thought was a really interesting uh, director choice on John Carpenter's part. Because it's still kind of that first person's perspective. And it's still voyeuristic in that way. It is. Um, A lot of cool cinematography things going on in this movie. Yeah. I I
0: love... I will always love the way um, horror movies in the 70s, um, 60s and 70s were shot. Yes. They just are innately more scary Mm -hmm. because of the the film technology of the time.
1: I totally agree. I I feel like the problem I have most with modern-day horror is the the reliance on CGI. It's too
0: much. It has its place, and I understand it's in more places than we think it is, but when it
1: is... Can you imagine The Exorcist's head turn with cgi with a,
0: uh, no no
1: because I, I i mean it could be cool but i can only imagine what it would turn yeah. into and then i'm just like
0: it it takes me out of the story yes when it looks fake right and if it's done well it's done well great but when it looks fake it takes uh, for me anyway it takes me immediately immediately out of the story I agree. here is my one um uh the one instance where it, i was like are you kidding me and I know I'm probably going to get some shit for this, but that's fine. Fine. In
1: The Walking Dead,
0: that damn tiger. The tiger
1: is a cartoon. I'm going to get some shit for this. I have. I did not watch past like season three, maybe. I'm going to give you shit for that. I know. I am going to watch the full thing, I promise. <laughs> but I, I, it was hard to get through after a minute. Not saying that I didn't enjoy it. It's just... I was getting so beaten down with all the people I loved, <laughs> dying, dying, that I couldn't do it Fair anymore. enough, fair <laughs> enough. But
0: it's just that, that notion, it, 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 there's something more, um, I don't even know what the word is. When it's real on the screen, you know it's not computer generated. Yeah. Um, you just connect to it a little more, I think. Even when blood splatters are yeah. CGI, it's like, oh, for God's sake. I agree. Put a squib in there. I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I don't know. You need um, to chug that. I am on number two. Ooh. Andemik's really liking the
1: position. Chug, chug, oh chug,
0: chug. I mean, you have outdone yourself. Oh. You know how I am with booze, and
1: this is I know. glorious. I, I have to give it all to the OIO, though, because that's just like... It is the that, star of the drink. I mean, that it doesn't taste like booze. It doesn't. And I will tell you, I almost did not get the burp. That's a bourbon finish. Really? And I almost didn't get it because I was scared you wouldn't like it, but you can't really tell. Oh, my God. It's... I think it just gives it a little caramel flavor. Yeah. I'm loving it. I think it's good. So good. All right. Um, while I chug this, <laughs> tell me your favorite. I would love to know Halloween, original Halloween, favorite kill.
0: Well, I mean, come on. When he is dressed in the ghost, the sheet it's with the... Kill. um. Kick-ass shades.
1: Such a good. <laughs> so good.
0: Um Is that when that's, who goes into the room and there's a headstone
1: in the bed? Laurie Strode goes in and that's Annie on the bed. That's Annie on the bed. Mm-hmm. That
0: is terrifying. That's
1: scary. That was really scary. That's a scary. That's a scary one. I that I mean that scene of him with that ghost sheet. Mhm. On, uh, it's iconic. I mean, yeah. how can you not be afraid of that? I, I will totally, totally agree with that. But I still think my favorite kill in that in that movie is when he, uh, what's his name, Bob, goes in the kitchen to get beer, and he's looking around, and Michael comes through the door and pins him up against the cabinet with a knife, yes. which is totally not physically possible, but suspension of disbelief for a minute and he's just standing there looking at him and he turns and he turns his head. Oh Oh my God. Oh my
0: God. Yes.
1: That scene is something. You're right. That is a creepy scene. You are right. So I, I, I think that might be my favorite kill in that movie. Man. Yeah. I also have to say Jamie Lee favorite final girl of all time She just, all the decisions she makes, I feel like I, and none of us know what we would do in that situation, right? We like to think what we would do, but you don't know until you're actually in an intense situation. Right. But uh, she just makes every decision that I feel like, yeah, that's the right one. Like when she's in the closet and he's barreling down on her, Mm -hmm. she's not just screaming. She gets a hanger and is. I'm like, she's like, I'm going to fight. She fights back. And she's not afraid to fight. And that's, I was saying this the other day when mm-hmm. I watched H2O, which we'll get to here in a minute. That's what I love about she Laurie Strode. for him, man. She wants to fight him. Yeah. And I love that about Laurie Strode. is yeah. a final girl that is not going to mm-hmm. just run and scream yeah. from you.
0: And I like that you get those three, that three movie arc of her when you see her in an older life or, a, mm-hmm. you know, as an older woman and she's just. She's just awesome.
1: Yeah. She's amazing. I, I She's amazing.
0: Although, I am going to say this, just as an aside, Please. as a, in parentheses,
1: the best final girl of all time
0: is Amy Steele from Friday the 13th, part two. Okay. Let's do an episode where we pit those two against each other and see what okay.
1: happens. That'd be fun. Yeah, I'm in. I'm all in. Yeah, yeah. Hands down. All Done. in.
0: But yeah, no, Laurie Strode is a badass.
1: Laurie Strode's so good. So that's, I mean halloween one excellent laurie strode kicks the shit out of michael multiple (laughs) times um we all know and again i'll just say this for our listeners just assume you're going to get spoilers when you come into these episodes um Dr. Loomis eventually shoots him at the end of the movie after Lori has Mm -hmm. been kicking his ass. She's he's been kicking her ass. It's like Mm -hmm. a nice little back and forth going on. And then Dr. Loomis is like, let's cut this out. I'm going (laughs) to shoot you 500 times. Yeah. And then he does this real weird fall (laughs) of a balcony and then he's gone. And he's gone. And yeah, that was the boogeyman. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. It's an excellent excellent movie. Quintessential Halloween flick, it really is. Got to watch. Let's give
0: a little shout out too to Kyle Richards who is the little girl um with Tommy's friend, Tommy Doyle's friend yes. that's staying over is Kyle Richards who is a real housewife of Beverly Hills. Kyle Richards. Did not know that. Yeah.
1: She will occasionally I think do a horror con. That is Okay, Mm -hmm. we got to find one that she's at. Yeah, we got. That's
0: fun. We got to go talk to
1: Kyle. That's fun. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, all right, Halloween two. Yeah, nineteen eighty one. Yeah, a good continuation. I think a good continuation. I would agree with that. I like it when they do that next morning thing. Yes, it works. It works, and I think Halloween two has some of the best kills in a horror movie. I love it
0: when the ambulance driver slips in the giant pool of blood. Yeah, and just knocks himself and out. And just knocks himself out. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Because she has been bled to death. That yes. nurse has been bled to has death. Has been
1: bled to death.
0: Let's That's talk about, my favorite.
1: Talk about the um uh therapy pool where he keeps dunking <gasps> yeah. the nurse and her face starts peeling uh-huh, peeling off. Oh, oh gosh. Good That stuff. kill that's something and that's
0: also the obligatory um booby shot
1: yeah which... i mean all of them ex- i don't know h2o as an obligatory booby shot but i know the original and H- uh, halloween 2 mm-hmm. do yeah so but yes but anyway yeah that's that's the booby shot yes um the one comment i do have about this movie is i feel like the simplicity of the music in the first one was so eerie mm-hmm. and then they bring in the damn synth <laughs> in the second movie and I'm like, no Now
0: I feel like I'm at a rave. Well, I mean it reflected the synth of the day. The it 80s. did.
1: It did. The I mean it was 80s. very again What would John Carpenter do? Mm -hmm. They were just reflecting their time. They were. I get it. I get it. But it was just like, come on, man. Oh, you know what the other gross thing about this movie was? This (laughs) is not a kill, but it's something that I will never get out of my damn head. Okay. The little boy with the razor blade (gasps) in his tongue. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Horrifying. Gross. Totally gross. So gross. (laughs) I can't handle that. I I also can't handle, oh my gosh, so I think this well definitely has to be near the beginning of the movie, but Dr. Loomis goes out, no body, he's freaking out. He's like, where's Michael? Sheriff Brackett rolls up and he's just wailing and (laughs) flailing and screaming, I shot him six times and he's waving his (laughs) pistol around. It's like, dude, put that thing away. Oh my
0: God. (laughs) <laughs> oh my
1: gosh! I just i i i i love Doctor Loomis. I yeah, love Doctor Loomis. Yeah. he is over the top and excellent in yeah. every single one of these films. Um, and he has some excellent one one liners. I think. What are some of his in this one? Oh, you don't know what death is. He says that in Halloween too. Um, just so ex- excellent, excellent, excellent stuff um but yeah not much else to say about halloween 2 other than i think it's an excellent sequel absolutely um nice. to me my, uh, everyone knows this by now my favorite of the all the halloween movies is the original thank you And yeah. antonic just poured me another pizzuice <laughs> um is the original but i think halloween 2 mm-hmm. it, it is a good follow-up it is i am a, i am satisfied with that follow-up agreed
0: agreed i also love h2o and that's contra- that's a controversial it statement is.
1: but i love h2o i love it i know a lot of people do not like this movie but i actually think it's pretty fun i do too i mean you got a young josh hartnett josh hartnett ll cool j right who was in surprisingly a couple scary movies which i think is fun oh he was in deep blue, deep sea. blue sea which i love yeah excellent so I, I so you have some star power here. Mm-hmm. A very baby-faced Joseph Gordon-Levitt oh at the beginning God, that's of this right. movie. Yeah. So you got some wow. star power going on in yeah, this one. Yeah, you do. Uh, oh, um, oh, what's her? Michelle Williams, mm-hmm. who's like a lauded Hollywood actress now. Yeah. I it, it's just excellent. <laughs> it's just excellent. And I I'm gonna give you iconic killer this movie. Skate to the face.
0: Yes, skate to the face, skate it, it, to the face, and you
1: don't see it, but you see the remnants of it. It might be worse <laughs> that you didn't see it.
0: Man, are the one scene where he lowers himself from the pipe <clears throat> behind her
1: terrifying, terrifying, and he's like so close, uh-huh. and that's when I feel like you. Well, you always know Michael Myers is strong, but you like yeah, see, you see how strong he
0: is, and that's what takes him from human to something else. Yes. Is- is in part for me that
1: is yes I totally agree with you um the other thing I love about this movie is that it pays homage to other movies so like at the very beginning, you know, you have the opening sequence, the, you play the Mr. Mm -hmm. Sandman. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just did that. I'll never sing again. I promise. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm continue to sing like that. Um, so of course that's, you know, that's a common thread in a lot of them, but when, uh, Lori Strode is having her nightmare and she's in the school. Well, that's an homage to the second film when he, they think he's broken into the school mm-hmm. and he's written Sam Hayne, yeah. but now he's written Laurie Strode. Mm-hmm. He has the knife in the desk, but now he has the knife in mm-hmm. her son's photograph. Then you see the closet from the first movie and you get into yep. that first film. So it's already setting the stage where it's paying homage to the Lori right. Strode arc, the first right. two films um there's also i had to pause this movie and actually scream i did not (laughs) realize and i've seen H2O a a couple times but i did not realize that janet lee makes a cameo in this movie certainly does and they play the psycho music Mm -hmm. when she's walking away they do what a cool so cool what a cool little easter day and she
0: drives away isn't it in the car
1: yes from psycho yes yeah such a cool little easter egg so cool i love that so great 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 stuff um can we talk about how ll cool j's character (laughs) is the steamiest Author, like, oh, what yeah, is he writing, doing? Like what like is he doing novel? in yeah <laughs> in that little shack? Uh-huh. What are you doing in there? <laughs> he's just talking, talking to his girl, to his girlfriend, yeah, like, or his wife. We, maybe. I think let me read. read you. Let me read you the, some of my uh my. I love it. I love every moment of that. It's just like this weird, fun little quirk that's yeah. going on. um But I thought it was
0: completely plausible that Lori Strode would change her name and be hiding somewhere
1: like that that was such a plausible thing oh so the premise of this movie is she's gone into hiding moved out to california she has a son now Mm -hmm. um she's kind of the head of this private school um and they're all heading out to yosemite for the halloween weekend camping trip um and her son and his friends decide to secretly stay behind on campus because the campus will be empty, yep. and Michael returns. Mm-hmm. Um, so empty, abandoned campus, and Laurie Strode kicking some Michael ass. Is in this it
0: movie. Michelle Williams' character who gets her leg
1: broken mm. in
0: the? Dump Not later? the Michelle
1: Williams character, but their friend, the Goth friend. Yes. Oh, and that scene is that's a good one. Horrific. Yeah. That whole concept of that little thing, that yeah, little, the dumb-waiter. little oh, I hate those things. That because of this
0: shit always goes down in those things in horror movies.
1: Always goes down in those things. Just don't <laughs> have one of those. Just don't. Don't have one or of those. Don't go near it. Don't have a laundry chute. Yeah. Don't have these things. No. no if one notes. one part of your house should not be that accessible to the other part of your house. Agreed. Right? Agreed. At least go down some stairs. Right. I don't know. I don't know
0: either, I, but, got, a lot
1: yeah. of, I got a lot of problems with that. But it snapped her leg snapped her leg (laughs) oh this one had a lot more gore than the first two for sure Mm -hmm. but i didn't hate the gore there's a thing about 90s gore that i don't hate (laughs) uh, yeah no because it's it's still it's gorier Mm -hmm. but it's still not it's still shot with that gritty film quality yes i agree i agree so i i i can i can still be in the movie with that that kind of gore for sure the other things that I really like is that, again, we got Michael hanging out in windows. Yep. He's all he's always, you're peering out and you're seeing him. Um, I love the scene where uh, I think Michelle Williams is in class and Laurie Strode is teaching the lesson. and Michelle Williams looks outside and he's there. He's Matt there. And they're talking about um, Frankenstein, actually. Mm-hmm. And again, this conversation about right. fate. Homage to the first episode right. when Lori saw Michael out the window and talked about fate. Yep, happens again in H two O. God, so, so many good, good. little um yeah. little nugs. homages and I love it. Little Easter nugs. I love it. So hashtag Easter nug. Hashtag Easter nug. <laughs> I don't know. That's terrifying. Don't yeah. look that up. Don't Google that. Don't probably don't don't yeah. Google that. So yeah, H two O for me holds up. I think it it, I think it's good. Um watch it tell us what you think yeah. but I, I I think it's a good one
0: well let me ask you this yeah uh, since you you are the connoisseur what did you think of the first I, I guess it would be considered a sequel after all these years uh the Laurie, uh, that continues the Laurie Strode arc
1: so the most recent movie yeah the most recent Halloween the 2018 yeah. okay so here here's my verdict on that I only saw it once and that once was in theaters and I need to return to it um, I had psyched myself up so much yeah. for that movie that it was inevitable to be a let down. To be a let down, and yeah. that was not the movie's fault, and yeah. I recognize that that was me. Yeah. Um. Because John Carpenter had returned, Jamie Lee Curtis had returned. I right. was ready for this movie, and I, I I wanted it to be something that it wasn't, which doesn't mean it was bad. It right. just wasn't what it was what I wanted it to be in my right. mind. So I want to return to it before I can fully answer that question because I don't think I actually did it a service. I will say that I don't think it was a terrible movie at all. No. Not at think all. So either. Um, I just it just wasn't what I wanted when I initially watched it. So I need to watch it again to give it its full due yeah. credit. Yeah. Um The only thing
0: that kind of bothered me, because I went into it the same way, so damn excited, yeah, that it was gonna be amazing. Um I feel like they did a little bit of a disservice to it uh, by only going from the first movie. Mm. That they discounted everything after the first movie. Yeah. At least it, that's what I understand. Right. That it was basically a
1: sequel to the I original believe, Halloween. I believe that's what it was supposed to be, yeah.
0: And to me, that made the whole concept of her prepper paranoia eccentricities, uh, Lori Strode's, mm-hmm. not make quite as much sense as having a lifetime of having to hide from this guy—that's
1: fair. If they would have, I—I I feel like if they would have kept two and H two O in the mix, yeah. then I could have one hundred percent been there. It with would her. have made
0: way more sense. Yeah. Um. And I feel like two, and this—this this to me took 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 me a, a little bit out of it. Kind of like Rob Zombie's humanized him a little too much.
1: Mm-hmm. <coughs> Cough attack. She's got it. She's got it. We're good. We're good. <coughs> Frickin'
0: pumpkin it's pazoos. Pumpkin.
1: It's the. It's actually probably the pumpkin spice powder. I think
0: that's exactly what it was. I inhaled uh-huh. it. Great. Uh-huh. Trying to murder me.
1: <laughs> okay, anyway,
0: um, they showed Michael Myers' head too much. His gray hair
1: Oh yeah. without the mask from behind.
0: Yeah. And then, and my God, run me over with the car for even saying this, but then it was just kind of like a couple of old farts chasing each other
1: around. <laughs> two very <laughs> it, very pissed. Old older old, folks. Old fart. Um. It, was,
0: it just took away some of Michael's powerful mystique for me.
1: That's a fair. That's a fair assessment.
0: And then this is all I'm gonna say because this is I'm I, I have digressed. What the fuck was that doctor doing? That's all I'm saying.
1: Yeah, that's fair. These are fair comments. I don't have retorts because i need to watch it again and i refuse to revisit this conversation yes another time i yeah i I, yes but i i don't want to give a recommendation on that till i watch it again but i mean i I guess my recommendation yeah my recommendation is watch them all because they're going to be fun in some regard but um but yeah i do want to return to that so what have we missed have we missed anything viewers have we missed anything yeah what what
0: do you love about those three movies, and if you want to go outside those three movies, yeah, do you have a favorite that isn't one of those three?
1: Would you like to hear us talk about one of
0: them? Yeah, um, I, I mean, know... there's always the one with Paul Rudd, that's the only one they ever play
1: on, that is on AMC, play. I think. That's that the really only one they ever is. play, that really is, isn't it? Um, yeah, let us know what you want to hear us talk about uh, coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, with some of these movies because we have an idea of what we think we want to talk about but mm-hmm. we want to make sure we're capturing your interests too so be sure to be sure to let us know
0: yeah and give us any comment you have we'll give you some shout outs on yeah on a c- upcoming podcasts and
1: yeah for sure yeah want to do some what the hell what the hell go for it okay have you ever heard of soul cakes
0: I feel like that sounds familiar, but no. Okay, I don't think this so. is
1: really just a fun thing, and okay. I try I try to keep it on theme with the whole Halloween thing. So this is the origin of trick or treating, and again, as as I do, it's kind of sad. Um, so trick or treating, <laughs> uh, it has its origin. So it's an American pastime that yep. we associate with Halloween, yep. obviously, but it actually has origins back to England to something called. All Souls Day. Okay, yeah. Um, And they used to have parades during All Souls Day and things like that. So during the celebrations that they would have, poor people would beg um, for food uh, because a lot of people would come out to these, um, these celebrations. And so they would create these soul cakes to give to the poorer citizens who were begging. Okay. And they would give them the soul cakes in exchange for prayers for their past loved ones so it was kind of like okay you need food i'll bake you a soul cake but in order to get it you better commit to praying for my dead grandma okay 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 so that's all well and good right guess who endorsed this practice who the church want to know why why let's harken back to our witch episode the original practice was they would set out food and goodies and things like that on, you know, just outside of their door um, to satiate the spirits that were told to come out during these times. The church didn't like that because that was paganism. So all of a sudden it goes from this very spiritual practice to let's bake treats and give them out to folks who were in need Yeah, um, because that will Christianize it, right? Okay then it kind of forms into children. We're giving these cakes to children. And then it kind of forms into now the children are going door to door. And we're giving them food and money and ale. And So then a bunch of drunk kids running a around lot the of streets. A lot of drunk kids running around the streets. causing havoc. Um, so that is the origin of Trick or Treat. Why is it called Soul
0: Cake, does it say?
1: I think it's just because it was a baked good that was given... In return for a prayer for a past love. Okay. One. Now I want a soul cake. <laughs> I've always wanted a soul cake, but All I right. want a cake made of souls—actual soul- <laughs> souls. Yes.
0: Okay. So my what the hell kind of uh, gives a little shout out to NH2O when they're talking about Frankenstein. Love. Um. The author Frankenstein, which we've talked about before, Mary Shelley. Mm-hmm. She had a pretty gruesome secret, um, and it was hidden away in her desk where she wrote um, her dead husband's heart. Her husband was, of course, the poet Percy Shelley, um, and he drowned in a boating accident, and they cremated him, but his heart remained completely intact after they did. What? And the doctors at the time believed that it might have been calcified because of uh, tuberculosis. Okay. Okay. so I mean, whatever. It didn't burn, and it was given to Mary, and she kept it in her desk. She uh, kept his heart, heart, heart in her desk. In her desk, and it was discovered after her death. Oh my God.
1: I mean, that's love. Oh, that's love. She kept that rotten, calcified, calcified charred, charred heart. Heart. heart in her desk. Do you yeah. think it smelled? it had to have yeah, smelled. probably
0: smelled but everything smelled then so you probably couldn't oh, you distinguish probably it that really from there was your probably armpits
1: like poop i imagine <laughs> i imagine everyone at that time just caked and shit yeah
0: i mean <laughs> like, yeah oh god i love it so, anyway there it
1: is love it um mary Shelley. awesome 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 what the hell had no idea yeah so i didn't know that either i,
0: I thought that was fascinating what the, so what the hell what the hell
1: all right everybody well like we said we want to hear from you um we want to hear you know your favorite things about the halloween movies um what you'd like to hear us talk about next um want to hear your what the hells too yeah that would be awesome if if it's
0: it's a good one we will read it on the air
1: we will absolutely read it on the air air? i don't know if that's right you know we'll we'll read 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 it it on the stream the stream (laughs) that sounds not great (laughs) Um, but we will read it and you will hear it. That's what's most important. We'll call it on the stream. Oh, that was... Write that shit that was down worse. immediately. That was worse. <laughs> um, I should note, if you do, um, send in a story or send in something, we are trying to give our listeners shout outs whenever they do. So if you want us to call you by a certain name, mm-hmm. um, or not call you by a certain yeah. name, please put that in there so that we're not, uh, you know... Yeah. You're doing as you wish. Um, so please be sure to do that. But please get in touch with us. Um, email us at info at um, Check out our website. Uh, we've got a lot of cool content on there. Um, some fun recommendations. Fun show notes to dig into some of these mm-hmm. episodes a little further. Um, that's just thehorrorsalon.com.
0: And we are working like busy little bees to get that beefed up yes um to deliver all kinds of fun and creepy nonsense for you to get into so
1: keep coming back because we're going to get some more posts going up on there and more recommendations for you um as the weeks draw on so absolutely um and then finally instagram so we are still on instagram uh we got some fun content going up there every day that's the best way to kind of get the latest and greatest Mm -hmm. from us and get some good announcements um so follow us at the horror salon And then... Please share. We're yeah. so appreciative that you've been listening in. Um, we've gotten some awesome fan feedback. We'd love to hear more. We would. Um, but please share. We'd love to. Mm-hmm. We'd love to grow this little fun monster community. Um, so share with a friend that you think might be into this, um, into horror, or just into two friends bullshitting <laughs> about what they love over delicious beverages. Over delicious, but mostly not delicious. Mm-hmm. For me, they've For all been. For you, they are well, Let's talk about. The Mad Dog 2020 situation. And the boom: Farm. That's
0: a lot. And the witch and endemics. What do we call it? Horrorcon Con Vomitron. Oh, yeah. The Horrorcon Con Vomitron. The Vomitron. Yeah, that was a lot. Yeah, go find that one. That was a lot. It was disgusting.
1: Um, so, yeah. So, we hope that you'll share... With friends, um, like us, wherever you listen to podcasts, subscribe, mm-hmm. rate, review, all that good stuff. All of that helps us helps us reach more listeners. Yeah. Um, and and that's what we want to do is we want to share our love with the masses and and
0: well, and and let's just give us this little teaser secret we are, we are now in the process of test driving a T shirt
1: <gasps> merch merch. So. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. You could be the proud owner of some merch. Um, But yeah. So we love you monsters. We're so happy that you're sticking around with us. Um, And we can't wait to see you again.
0: Okay. So is it time? It's time. All right. And now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She blew that right into her face.
0: face. (laughs) The candle is out. The glasses are most definitely empty. I am your co-host, Andemic.
1: And I am your co-host, The Witch. We'll see you next time at the Horror Salon.
0: Where we curate the strange and unusual until dawn do us part.
1: it's the witch and and
0: demick music for this episode is rage by the 126ers
1: check out our website for show notes and links to some cool extras
0: later nerds